Welcome to today's episode of The Square. I'm here with Brett Rollins, who's the VP of Business Development for Spraylock Concrete Protection. Um, now, we're going to be kind of talking a lot about concrete. We're going all in. It's, it's not, when I first started doing a little bit of research on this, it's not the super sexiest topic. No. <laughs> but it's, it's so prolific. I had no idea. Concrete is the second most used resource, second only to water in the world. Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, there's so much concrete used every year. Uh, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 billion tons a year or something like that. It's amazing. So, uh, in fact, to put that into perspective, if, uh, the, the, try to wrap our minds around it. If you were to build a sidewalk four feet wide by four inches thick, you could wrap the earth at the equator about 880 times with the concrete that we make every year. Yeah, Every year? Yeah, every year. So it's a huge potential that if we can if we can modify or tweak how we make it, we can have a massive impact on the environment. Sure. So, uh, in fact, uh, uh, things like LEED and other green initiatives have, have been part of the concrete world for a while. Um, looking for ways to do things like in, increase the recycle content in, that's used in the concrete or, or make sure that we use regionally sourced materials and those kind of things are, are all uh, things that the concrete industry is very much aware of. Um, there are new initiatives, however, that are, are becoming more and more prevalent in the industry uh, because environment is important to so many people. Tell me a little bit about how you got started with concrete. It, it started with a car, right? Yeah, it did. So, yeah, I was 16 years old. I was a teenager, and like most American teenagers, I was looking for a way to, to get a car to, to get around <laughs> town, you know? And uh, so I had to go to work. Yeah. And I was looking for a job in a, in a nice air-conditioned space, like a bookstore or movie yep. theater, <laughs> like a lot of my friends had. Um, but uh, nobody was hiring. So yeah. I did, the last thing I wanted to do was to go to work in the concrete industry. My dad was in it, and I had seen the kind of hours that he put in. And, sure. the, uh, you know, it was a, it's dirty work. It's sweaty work. Hard, it's, yeah. yeah. That, I didn't think it was for me. Yeah. Um, but that was the only place that would hire me that summer. So... I went to work loading building material customers in the warehouse you know yep. the hottest part of the, the yeah. entire job and in south yeah, georgia yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah i mean it was it was super hot but uh, uh from that uh, the laboratory manager needed some help one day he had mm. hurt his back and he needed some extra grunt grunt labor you know to help him in the lab so um I began helping him in the lab running tests on concrete, figuring out or learning how to do all of the quality control type testing. Yeah. And shortly after that, I got a chance to be involved in a project. I was I was inspecting every load of concrete that went to the Northwest Georgia so you Trade Convention. Every load that left. Yeah, at least visually. I was okay. I was testing physically running slump air unit mm -hmm. weight tests uh, about every fifth load, and then uh, but every single load would have my eyes on it to make sure that, okay, that visually, that truck, that slump looks good. It's not yeah. too wet. It's not too dry. I can send that truck. So uh, to make a long story short, we, uh, we completed the project toward the end of the summer yeah. and I had not set foot on the project side. I'd done all this work at the laboratory and at the concrete plant because I was only 16. Right. I couldn't couldn't go to the project because of insurance reasons sure, or whatever. Absolutely. So the sales guy brought me by the job. He, he, he asked me to, to come by and see what I'd been a part of. And man, when I pulled up on that job site for the first <laughs> time, I happened to show up the day they're tilting tilt wall panels. Oh man. And it blew me away. You got to see yeah. all your work. I got to see all my work. I got to see every 
piece of concrete on that site had had at least my eyes on it and didn't come to the site unless I said it was okay to yeah. go to the site. And it was overwhelming because it hit me. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm yeah. 16 years old. And yet I had a part in this building. Yeah. And this building wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. You know, that, yeah, that was what, what came, you know, came to mind. But that's that's what hooked me, man. It was uh, it was it was instant job satisfaction, and that continued to fuel my career. Uh, and I think uh, uh, it led to really uh, wanting to understand and learn as much about concrete as I could. It's yeah. a very complex topic. Most people don't think I, don't you know, think so. I, that's what you were you, when we were talking earlier. You mentioned there's. Uh, hundreds of elements that go into making concrete. Yeah, so it starts with Portland cement, and that Portland cement uh, is the binder, the glue that holds everything together, if you will. That's, that's the way a lot of people refer to it. Um, but that, that Portland cement can have 150, 160 chemical variables alone, wow. and not to mention mechanical variables such as si particle sizing and things like that. So the coolest thing about concrete for me is it's it's it takes the ideas and the, the subjects of chemistry and physics and engineering, and it's all rolled into one material because if you want to understand concrete, you have to understand how all of those little variables interact with sure. each other. And the, the great thing about concrete is that no matter how much you know, there's always more to learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that makes my job a lot of fun. Now, despite your uh, love and falling into the concrete industry, if you'll excuse the bad pun, sure. you actually took a detour in college. 9-11, I made a decision uh, when 9-11 happened that uh, I was going to do something, and I didn't know what. So I went to college, went back to college uh, to study Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. I earned a four-year degree in Homeland Security um, toward the end the time came to choose a career yeah. kind of path. And, and uh, I had a 4.0 grade point average in the Homeland Security uh, program. And uh, I was looking into going to work in, uh, in, for the government somewhere. And what I was finding was that I was putting my wife through college at the time mm -hmm. as well. And we didn't have a lot of money, but the yeah. concrete company was paying me okay. Yeah. And none of the government entry-level government jobs were anywhere close to what I was yeah. making. <laughs> so, so I'm going, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And I talked to my advisor, and my advisor uh, said, Brent, why don't you use your concrete experience and use your now Homeland Security education, marry the two up, and special, specialize in protective structures? And it was a light bulb that went off, and it was it became a uh, it became my new why story. It's what I wanted to do was to provide additional protection for things like embassies. Yeah. Uh, and, and and pursuant to that, I, I I got after getting the degree, I had the opportunity to go to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, where I was a researcher. I was the director of the Civil Engineering Materials Research Laboratory. So that meant that. Whatever I wanted to play with, with concrete, as long as I secured funding for it, then the university wanted me to, 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 to research it. it. Yeah. And that's where I first ran into the next stage of my career, which was the colloidal silica product and the effect, effects that it can have, the improvements it can have on durability and uh, permeability. So the, sh the shift is still the same. I'm still, or the, the, the focus is still the same. I'm still very interested in helping concrete structures last longer mm -hmm. whether the source of its shortened life is man-made yeah or the environment sure 
So when we talk about resilience, we're talking about resilient concrete structures that are resistant to loads, they're resistant to the environmental effects, they're resistant, resistant to intentional acts to try to bring them down. That's kind of the, the big why story. I know it's complicated and it's a long story, but no. thanks for the chance to tell it. Absolutely. So you take this extreme knowledge of concrete since you were 16, <laughs> despite your, your uh, desire not to be in the world of concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you marry it with this desire to, you know, have an impact for the country and, and protection of people. Sure. Um, where does that lead you? We've talked a little bit about durability, but where does that lead you? Sure. So where, where, is, where it has led me is, is to a company that produces a material that directly impacts durability of concrete. Um, and that's my everyday job is promotion, promotion of that that particular product uh where it leads in the future it's hard to say but i think that uh right now uh the 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 product that i'm working with is one of the most important impacts it can have one of the most important impacts to concrete durability of any technology out there and that's yeah. why i'm with the company i'm with is an opportunity to make a difference an opportunity to really uh get on real job sites something that can help the concrete last a very long time so that's where i'm at now the future uh will my vision my my why is is i don't see it straying too much from that is is helping concrete last longer regardless of the <clears throat> the, the the mode of attack if you will whether sure. it's, it's environment or man-made or whatever um so that's what i will always be striving for and hopefully, uh, you know, I'd love to retire from the company I'm working for now. Sure. Um, but, but we'll see. And, and my involvement with groups like uh, the American Concrete Institute are, is also very valuable to me um, because it's a gathering of like-minded concrete folks from all over the world. Yeah. And we get to, to be concrete nerds together. You know, we get to talk <laughs> about concrete. And, we, you know, there's some folks that like to show that they're the smartest concrete guy in the room. And it's always fun to, to get into debates and those kind of things. So, so that's kind of my fuel yeah. is, is getting a chance to go see other guys that love concrete as much as I do and getting to talk to them. Uh, that's my fuel. My why is to help concrete last longer. And uh, any way that I can do that is, is something I'll consider working on or working toward. What are the things that you find people are most surprised about when you start talking about concrete? Yeah, so if it's people that don't know much about concrete and they think of concrete as something you buy at the big box store yeah. in a bag <laughs> on the shelf, then then uh, those folks will often just be amazed that I have a job doing what I'm doing because they say, well, you're going to speak about concrete or you wrote, you wrote a paper on concrete yeah. and you're going to go present it somewhere? Don't we already know everything there is yeah, to know about exactly. concrete? So the, the misconception that we understand concrete completely is the biggest thing that people are surprised when we when when i tell them no no one knows everything there is to know about it it's a it's a topic that continues to give back to us because the deeper you study it the more you realize that you don't know everything about it and we have a long way to go before we can truly understand all of the the ways that the variables interact with each other one of the things that you keep bringing up is the durability sure. of concrete. But but I think it's important to note, you're not just talking about the durability from nature. You're also talking about the durability potentially from man-made right. events. Yeah. 
and and uh, it's it's now's probably a good time to bring up the diversion you had from concrete for a while when you went and got your degree in Homeland Security. Yeah. So the the idea of creating a durable product, regardless of um, the degradation, is is really essential to your why. It is. Yeah. That's resilience is the word I like to use. Uh, resilience of concrete structures, regardless of the path of uh, degradation whether it's man-made environment, loading, that's my why. That's what I am most interested in is figuring out ways to help our concrete structures last a very long time. I have friends all the time that ask me, Brent, you know, the Romans obviously had it figured out. Why can't we figure out how to make our concrete last a thousand years? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of factors. I don't have a great answer for that question, but it starts with, their exposure conditions to the environment that they're in is very different than mm. exposure conditions elsewhere in the world. The Mediterranean environment happens to be a great environment to preserve concrete. For not exactly time. like South Georgia. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. You bring up a great point. There's these incredible structures that have been around for, you know, some of them thousands of years. And um, granted, they're in a little bit different environment sometimes yeah. than, than your projects. But are there are things that we can learn about how we move forward in the future by looking into the past? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, is, is really interesting to me is there's a, there's a group that has come up with an idea to use a uh, agricultural waste product as their aggregate for their concrete, if you want to call it that. It's a, yeah. it's a Portland cement-based cementitious system that doesn't have rock or sand in it it is only this this uh, agricultural waste and that and it has some really really interesting properties it's almost like wood you can really? nail into it you can drive screws into it like wood it has flexural strength similar to wood it has a modulus of elasticity nearer to wood than that of concrete for those engineers that <laughs> might be uh, watching um so these kinds of materials are the next generation of cement-based materials. It's, it's difficult to call them concrete because they, they're not traditional concrete. Sure. Um, but they're using, in an innovative way, materials that are renewable. And because those materials are renewable, it is lowering the, the environmental impact of, of the structure. And it's going to last a very long time. Because it just so happens that it's performing in a way that it doesn't require uh, reinforcing steel. Huh. So the reinforcing steel corrosion is one of the leading causes of concrete degradation. If you can avoid reinforcing steel corrosion by not having the reinforcing steel and still having the tensile and flexural properties you, you can want, increase you can the increase length. the life. Yeah. So so that's one of the things that's very interesting. And there's there's a wide range of of, of agricultural waste that could be used. There, there's from things like rice husk to uh, bamboo to mm -hmm. uh, coconut fibers, even. So, wow. Yeah. So. It, concrete is kind of getting a little bit of a revolution. We're going to be talking to Sam Flores, who's the director of Hugo, and yep. their Curiosity Report, they're taking a look at concrete because of the potential it has to impact the carbon footprint. Tell sure me a little not. bit about that. Yeah, so uh, cement production, Portland Cement, is the one of the largest carbon uh, carbon gas producers Got in it. the world. Uh, I think it's behind only steel. Uh, and so we have this, this great material 
but when we're making it, we're producing a lot of, ga- carb- of, of greenhouse gases. Now, the cement companies are aware of this, and there are several initiatives in place to reduce those carbon footprints by taking uh, steps to include things like limestone into the grinding process and some uh, uh, lower impact materials mm-hmm. in the cement making process. Um, there's also uh, there are also uh, a, uh, initiatives to do things like use more supplementary cementitious materials, things like uh, slags, fly ashes, uh, biogenerated ashes, uh, renewable resources that are sources of a supplementary material. Those kind of things are also initiatives. Uh, for me, though, I want to I want to let you know that for me, the most important idea of sustainable concrete yes it's great if we use recycled materials it's great if we try to lower our carbon footprint for the initial you know when we first make the concrete Mm -hmm. but what's most important to me is that we begin making structures with the idea of durability in mind Mm -hmm. we need to take life cycle of concrete seriously because we we think of it as a permanent material we think when we build a bridge or we build a we build a, a, a building, we think of that concrete structure as it's gonna be here for a very long time. Right. In reality, most buildings, most concrete buildings have a life cycle of 50 to 60 years. Sure. There's some bridges out there, about 40% of the states right now have a life cycle on their bridge decks of less than 30 years. Mm-hmm. So when we look at concrete and how long it can last, wouldn't it be great if those buildings would last 100 years on average sure. or 150 years on average. If we can start adjusting, and the, and the technology's there, we can do it now, and it, we can do it relatively inexpensively if we have the right mindset. It's important that we have strength. Concrete has to be strong to do what it does. Right. But it also needs to be durable. All right, so concrete's obviously a, a, a nowhere near the only tool, but it's a very favorite tool of architects Absolutely. and engineers. If, you, if, if I'm an architect or an engineer and I'm, I'm trying to adopt that idea of you know, moving from a 50-year life cycle to a 100-year life cycle, how do I impact that? Yeah, so it has to do with managing the permeability of the concrete. So uh, permeability believe it or not, concrete is permeable. Mm -hmm. Most people don't realize, they think that concrete's permeable, they think of it as a solid material. Because obviously, you know, if you fall down off your bicycle (laughs) on a driveway, it doesn't feel like a sponge (laughs) or anything. But reality is that it it has, concrete has tiny capillaries and pores. And those capillaries and pores allow the movement of water and the contaminants that water carries. Things like chlorides, sulfates, nitrates, other things that can attack concrete, freezing and thawing, sure. uh, those kind of things. So if we can reduce that permeability, we can keep the water and the thing, the contaminants that the water carries out of the concrete, then we can impact that durability of the concrete. And there's software models that, that are available that all rely on that permeability to predict how long concrete will last. So then what are the unique characteristics of concrete? Why not just use a different building material that doesn't have the same carbon effect? Yeah, that's a great question. The The unique uh, characteristics of concrete are that, number one, it can be cast into virtually any shape relatively mm-hmm. easy. And what I mean by that is it takes on the, the shape of the forms that you use to place the concrete, especially with today's 
admixture technologies. There are uh, uh, high-range water reducers that allow even self-leveling concrete that's still strong yeah. and it still does what we want it, what the engineers want it to do, which is to carry loads. Right. So it's very strong in compression. So we can we can build tall buildings. We can build large spans on bridges because the concrete is strong. Now, reinforced concrete brings in flexural tensile strength and things like that, that the concrete doesn't do well on its own. So the combination gives us a very versatile building material. So architects and engineers can use that building material to build virtually whatever their imagination brings to the table. Sure. Are there, are there specific things in addition to thinking through that life cycle and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe even potentially doubling that life cycle of concrete? Yeah. Are there specific things that can be done on the manufacturing side that help with that carbon footprint? You mentioned limestone. Yeah. And yeah. Recycling. Yeah. So, um, there, there's a few different things on the manufacturing side. Um, the material selection is going to be one of the most important aspects of, of producing concrete with a long life expectancy uh, because those, those raw materials can impact the permeability of the concrete. It all goes back to the, the permeability question. And there are nanomaterials on the market now. And ACI 241 nanomaterials in concrete is a committee devoted to reporting on mm -hmm. different nanomaterials uh, that are used in concrete. Things like colloidal silica, things like uh, uh, nano uh, nano alumina, thing, other nano carbon nanotubes are mm -hmm. also used in some cases. So these nanomaterials are the next generation of permeability management in concrete for a couple of reasons. One, they provide seed or nucleation sites for the growth of the reaction products from the cement and water reaction. So, whoops, cement by itself is pretty useless. You mix it with water and then it begins a series of chemical changes that allows it to harden and gain strength. Right. Well, as it's setting, as it's hardening, uh, it needs the little places for those reaction products to grow and the, the nanomaterials can act as seed sites to allow that okay. growth to begin sooner than it normally would. Got so it. nanomaterials are, are one part of the future of longer lasting concrete. Um, just simply also uh, the idea that we can't assume that concrete's durable. Too many people don't take durability when they design a building or design a pavement. They don't take durability into consideration at mm. all. They're just assuming that, well, we have 4,000 PSI compressive strength concrete or 5,000 PSI, whatever the case may be, that my concrete's gonna last a very long time. Right. In fact, we need to consider durability as a secondary, but still almost as important as compressive strength, as a design element. Brent, thank you so much for being here and, and having this curious conversation with us. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for watching or listening to this curious conversation and make sure to check out the next episode of The Square.